For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time! Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels, hope you're having a great week. Good podcast for you today. Susie Davis on the podcast. Lots of wisdom in this Moms on the Mic episode. Lots and lots of wisdom. You're going to like this. Today's podcast is sponsored by PolicyGenius.com and SaveTheStorks.com, my favorite pro-life organization. Let's jump into it. Here's the Atomic Mom and Producer Kay on the Moms on the Mic edition of Rebel Parenting. Welcome, Rebels, to another show. Moms on the Mic. Here we are again, Moms on the Mic with Susie Davis. We're excited to have her this morning. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Susie. (laughs) Hey, how are you? We're doing well. Susie is an amazing woman to know. Do you still do your podcast? I do. Dear Daughters. Dear Daughters. Okay. So Dear Daughters podcast. Check it out. Yes. Go and listen. And then she has just written a book called Dear Daughters, which ladies, you all need to read because this is a great tool for a just a seasoned wisdom like if you're wanting a mentor, this would be where you need to go. And it's a beautiful book. Yes. Can we I were just commenting show this? on it? How pretty it is. It's like the softest paper that I've felt and I've felt many <laughs> books. But it has like a journal in it and I just loved it. It was Yeah. I, I love that you said it's the softest paper. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like a human sitting between you guys. Like there's the little tiny book human. Anyway, y'all are sweet. Uh, We would love for you to just dive in and tell us about your life and who you are and just give us a little background. Okay. I am Susie Davis. I am 55 years old. I always start with that because people are weirdly like they're weird about their age and like Mm. especially when you hit a certain age and I'm like, I'm okay with it. Like I yourself I'm an older woman own it <laughs> yeah own it I live here in Austin Texas with my husband Will we were high school sweethearts we've married for a good long time mm-hmm. we're uh, started a church here in Austin we have three young adult kids that are all living in different places married to their people that we prayed up mm-hmm. and are so grateful that they have their people we have a grandson whole new world for me like oh my gosh Aww. <laughs> Like, just got crushed in little pieces when he was born. He's just just the sweetest, happiest thing. So, yeah, I've written this book, Dear Daughters. I have a podcast called Dear Daughters. And the reason I did is that when my kids were probably in high school, I just noticed that a lot of their friends would be hanging around while they're making peanut butter sandwiches or whatever and talking. And they started calling me Mama Sue's, some of my daughter's friends. And Mm. I think it was at that time that I realized, like, that these younger women were looking to me as kind of a mother figure. Right. And then when my girls went off to college, I started writing little online letters to them, like dear daughters. And I'd say some little thing. And I had this enormous response and it reminded me of the mama Sue's phase. Mm. And somehow I kind of became a spiritual mother. I think Mm -hmm. to all these, not all these women, but some dear special women who aren't my daughters. Mm -hmm. And 
I had a mom who is and have a mom who's just amazing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's not always the case, but it filled my heart up so much that I just Mm -hmm. feel like it spills out and I'm able to share it with other women who aren't my girls. And I love them. Like my daughters, they have my cell phone number. They text me. It's very organic. We don't do Bible studies, but I've just become kind of a, a spiritual mother to these young women. And that's really where the book was born and where the podcast was born too. Mm. Mm. So do you have some of the letters in your mind that you've written that have stood out mostly like to these ladies, like dear daughter or maybe talking about the little online letters that Mm -hmm. I wrote. Yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering. And this is, yeah, how specific it got. But I remember there was a picture of my daughter, Emily, who had post-grad Baylor was working at a barn and which is what she loved. But you know, if you work at a barn, you just don't make that much money. Right. But <laughs> this picture of her in the barn with her dog behind her, and I just read a little letter and I said, you know, dear daughters, don't let money ever mm-hmm. determine the work that brings you joy. Yeah. And that's just something I think women need to hear, especially millennials. Like, yes. you know, love your life, love your job as much as you're able. And do the thing you love, even if it adjusts, like, how much money you're able to make. Like, Mm. do the thing you love. So it's kind of little things like that. I remember that one in particular. You know, I think a lot about, I want people to love the life that God gave them. And I want women to love the body that they have, the personality. And I think that it's like the greatest compliment when a woman can say, yeah, my life's not perfect. And and I'm kind of a hot mess, but I'm grateful (laughs) to God that he gave me my personality and my body and this life that I get to live. Like, I think that's just one of the greatest compliments we can give God. And it's also like a very delightful way to live, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. I love that you said, I'm a hot mess, but I still love my life. I have a neighbor and she's from Texas and she's like, girl, I'm a hot mess. I got these four kids running around, but I'm grateful. And she's just always praising the Lord. I love it. It's like the... Bless your heart. Yeah. Bless your heart, child. (laughs) I'm going to bless my own heart. (laughs) Literally, please, God, bless my heart. Right. Right? I love that. Absolutely. Love that. So with the book, Dear Daughters, what was the final, like, click of, I need to just write this book Mm. for you? Honestly, Mm -hmm. I went to a funeral. Mm -hmm. And whenever I go to funerals, I start thinking about, my life and I think about how I would want to be eulogized Mm, and thinking about how long do I have to say these things to my girls Mm -hmm. and to the young women that I love and mentor Mm -hmm. and I was like I need to get this down in a format that they can read and hold I want my granddaughters to read this book I want my great-granddaughters to read this book and I want them to remember that you know they can be content where they are in their one life they can love their life they can you know, one of the chapters is on understanding God the Father through the lens of the realization that you see God the Father through your earthly father. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. with the girls I mentor, they stumble over this because some girls don't have great dads and they stumble in like trusting God. Mm-hmm. And it, a lot of it's because of this perspective that they see God through the lens of their earthly father. And no earthly father is perfect. Yeah. But we do see God through that lens, and whether you're a woman or a man, but. For women, I just like, I don't want people to stumble around not loving and trusting God because of the earthly father that they had. So it's like Mm -hmm. chapters like that. There's one on loving your body. I tell those girls, I was like, you know what? 
get a picture of your baby self and put it on the fridge and start remembering that. That cute, darling little two-year-old, that is you. And you just need to love her, love yourself. I think that's godly. To yeah. love yourself. Like godly wisdom. Like mm-hmm. just love yourself is a good thing. Yeah. I think body image is huge, especially yep. with the millennials. Like what are you seeing in the people that you mentor about mm-hmm. body image and their struggles there? Well, it, let's talk about Instagram, shall we? Or even <laughs> Okay. Like, yes. I only like compared myself to the people walking down the hall in high school. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have the whole world mm-hmm. to look at and my body to. And I, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, when you have that constant comparison where you're looking on social media and you're and not just your body, just your life, mm-hmm. like it's just this constant world of comparison, it can really put you into a funk and make For you sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, I deal with it. If I look, I can't look online all the time. Sometimes I have to like put myself in timeout and get myself online <laughs> to make sure that I, I'm able to have a right perspective. But that mm-hmm. whole, yeah, do millennials face issues with body images? Yeah, mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. And in truth, you know, many women live and die hating their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They live their entire life hating their body. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want that to be me. Yeah. I don't want that to be my girls. I don't want that to be my granddaughters or the girls that I mentor or my friends. And so I'm all about how can we encourage one another to love the body that we have, mm. this vessel that's getting us through our actual life. Yeah. 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 What do we do to make sure that we're doing that? And so one of the little tools is just like, remember who you, you know, get that baby picture, pop it in a frame, put it someplace and when you walk by, I go, gosh, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. It's interesting because, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, I went on a retreat and we did a lot of like little versions of us work. And it was, it was bring a picture of ourselves. Yeah. And there was time where we got to interact with that time frame with ourselves and then we had to take it home and every morning you would greet that little girl or you would say I love you and it was huge for me Mm -hmm. to just break away of that judgment and like you said falling back in love with who you are Mm -hmm. like this connection with your body and with who you are that that little girl is still there and to find parts of yourself that like there's a time frame I'll just be vulnerable about eight or nine that if I saw pictures of myself I would say "Ugh!" and my mom purposely sent me like five pictures of that stage gotta love your mom <laughs> I know my mom is like your mom so she sent that to me and I have so enjoyed looking at those and even over the last year of seeing the growth of like, oh, I really do love Mm. that little girl. Even in the ugly, perm, big hair, awkward. Yeah. (laughs) Like just finding something in that picture or pictures of being like, oh, I loved the adventurous Kristen Mm. at age nine and her love for dogs. And anyway, I love that you mentioned that because it's been so pivotal in my life to go back to that younger me and heal yeah. that because mm. there's this disconnect. I swear when you hit like teenagehood and you yeah. realize your body is not what it looks like 
out here. Well, after motherhood, after having a few babies, yeah, your body just looks different. Everything about your body looks different. And it's true. You're trying to adjust to like, yeah, I love my body still. Doesn't yes. look the same. Yes. But yeah, I love it. So what is your mom, mom's name, Kristen? Beverly. We need more Beverly's. <laughs> right? Yes. Beverly's in the world. And I love that you said that she did that. And yeah, people might be listening and they're through this filter of like, Christianity thinking, ooh, that sounds like therapy, weird, yeah. you know, whatever. And you know what? The truth is, if Jesus was here now, he would be like, hey, Kristen, hey, I want you to love, like, the body that I gave you. I want mm-hmm. you to love the life that I gave you. I don't think he would be like, you know what? You better hate your body up to snuff, you know? We're much more harsh with ourselves mm-hmm. than we, when we are with others, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Well, I remember my mom when she was alive, she had some disgust towards her body. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that as a young girl going, well, it's just your body. I don't understand it. Like, I really didn't understand it as a young girl. But then as I got older, I realized, <laughs> oh, yeah, all the pressures and the things that we can live by can mm-hmm. get us down on who we are. And we get self-critical and self-critical of ourselves, critical of others. Mm-hmm. It just gets in there. Yeah. But I think what you're saying, just to be diligent, to be like, no, love ourselves, love our body. Yeah. yeah delight, like delight in ourselves the way that God delights in us. Amen. That's like freedom, right? Total that's freedom. Mm-hmm. And freedom and getting to love this life that he's given us and love all the pieces of it, even the history, the hard history, Kristen, or whatever. And we all have hard histories. I have things that I wish I had done differently are things that happened to me that I wish hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. And that me like stiff arming it and acting like it didn't happen or hating it. Mm -hmm. All that does is create this internal like turmoil in myself. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a joy to be around and I'm not a joy to like, I live with me the longest. Like I want to like me, you Mm -hmm. know, at the end of this. Yes. Yes. I love that. I live with me the longest. I want to like this. But it's true, right? Yeah. You are the one person that you live with the longest and that you're with the most. That's true. You might as well have a good relationship with yourself. Amen. Like, I, love I mean, oh, why don't we just try it? Like, let's just try. Just try it on, people. Just listen. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I love that. Well, right. you were saying that you had some difficult stories in your past, mm-hmm. and I know there's one you shared about in your book. Would you be willing to share with our listeners that? Yeah, absolutely. So when I, I became a believer at 12 and it was Jesus, rainbows and butterflies, I loved it. I read the word and I believed everything. And Jesus was my hero. And then when I was 14 years old, I was in my classroom in eighth grade and a neighbor boy who was also in my classroom or a student in the class walked in with a rifle and stood 10 feet away from our teacher and shot and killed him. And so this was way back in 1978 when this stuff wasn't happening yeah. as it is all over now. Mm. But as you can imagine, it turned my whole world upside down. Yes. I just mm-hmm. was like, God, you know, you said all things work together and that the world's a beautiful place and all this stuff. And then this happens, like my neighbor walks in and shoots my teacher. Mm. And it created a fear bondage and stronghold that lasted over a decade for me because I loved God but I didn't feel like I could trust him. I mm-hmm. felt like he must have been on the other, you know, other side of the world taking care of something more important than me that day. Yeah. And yeah. I felt forgotten. I just felt forgotten. I felt like 
you know, I'm just this little peon of a person and God is God and you just missed it with me. Mm -hmm. Like, whoops, oh no. Mm -hmm. So it took about 10 years for God to really heal me and he did it through some really amazing ways, which is a whole nother book I wrote called Unafraid. Mm -hmm. But that's where you can hear that story, find that story. If you're a fear, if you deal with fear and anxiety, that's a book for you. And it's not just from like witnessing a murder. You can, your parents can divorce when you're 12 yeah. and your dad can walk out. And that's like, for me, it was like one minute in time and it was, it happened and it was over in like less than a second. But when you have a dad walk out of your family, that's a chronic suffering every day. Mm -hmm. And it can create fear strongholds and anxiety in your life. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't want that for us any more than he wants us hating ourselves. So mm -hmm. He, ever the faithful healer, he healed me, and it doesn't mean that I never struggle. It doesn't mean that I'm never afraid. It doesn't mean that when I hear a news story and there's a shooting in another state that it doesn't pierce me, mm -hmm. but he's given me joy to be able to release back to him like this whole idea that we don't know what's happening today or tomorrow, yes. and we don't know what's happening with our people. I just want to live I want to live full, and living full is living vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But I dive into that in the first chapter just because I feel like people should know. I tend to have what looks like a half-full perspective, mm -hmm. but it's because I've dealt so long with a half-empty perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I want people to know that it's a hard-fought joy. It's eaten past the suffering, you know, mm -hmm. past the crucifixion into that resurrected kind of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Do you feel like that working through that, that um, a lot of the healing had to be actually like facing that fear? 155%. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I had to accept that I was afraid and mm -hmm. then I felt like God deserted me mm -hmm. and I had to go back into the room. I had to revisit and God over redeemed so much of it. It's, it sounds like a Hallmark story, like the way that he over redeemed mm -hmm. so much of that in my life. But the thing is, he has that for you too. Like yeah. he has it mm -hmm. for you in your spaces. Mm -hmm. The thing that you think there's nothing good that can, could come out of this. Mm -hmm. He can do the most creative, beautiful, loving, kind, generous things in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. From another interview, we just did kind of one of those holy moments of just yeah. take it in and <sighs> take a breath. Yeah. I mean, because your story, that's traumatizing just mm -hmm. to hear about it. So I'm still like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Mm. But I love how God does redeem and over-redeems everything in our lives if we're open to it and willing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And it's not that it's not, it's hard fought. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it takes some um, yielding mm. to allow kind of, you know, what it got to me, it was, and it was trusting God again. Yeah. Even yeah. the bad thing happened. It was like, am I going to trust him again? Or am I going to try to manage everything and make sure that I'm in control of my world and my child's world and, you know, yes. and my husband's and make sure nothing bad happens, which that's kind of a big job, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Can, it'll break downs, right? Yeah. <laughs> that can be really tiring. Yes. Mm. Exhausting. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. That sense of control. It's such a facade that <laughs> you really don't have any control yeah. over it. I'm definitely learning that Yeah, in my own journey, for sure. Mm -hmm. I would love morph into just diving into more of the um, spiritual mentorship. Mm -hmm. This is something that I absolutely have had a heart for, even as 
a middle schooler, I've always had a mentor. And um, so have I. Oh, see, this is why we work well together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I have a mentor that was my high school mentor who is now my life coach. Yeah. Back again. Yeah. So now she really knows me. So she kind of calls the shots of like, I don't think that's really what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) So she sees into my soul. But just talk about the importance of spiritual mentorship. And I have a feeling that there's somebody watching that says, but nobody will mentor me. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to that? I would say don't give up. Please don't give up and keep asking and be awkward and maybe don't say, will you mentor me? Just maybe like, here's one of the things I think, mentorship, discipleship, that all sounds very formal yeah. and it sounds mm-hmm. for, uh, kind of intimidating and scary. And for the older woman, it feels like you better know your Bible, man, because they're going <laughs> to <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I hope you've been to seminary if you're mm-hmm. going to mentor people or... I hope you have a perfect life and you've never made any mistakes mm-hmm. if you're going to mentor people. Yeah. But here's what I want to say to the older woman. We learn wisdom by doing the right thing and getting the reward and by doing the wrong thing and suffering consequences. Amen. That's, okay, so we gain wisdom through those two things. We both always do all of them mm-hmm. all at the same time. And so wisdom is just turning around and sharing with someone, oh, here's what I did right. And then, you know, you learn something from that, but you really learn when someone says, here's what I did wrong. Yes. And here's the result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, I hope you don't have to walk those steps that I walked through. Yeah. But yeah. if you do, I'll be here with you. Mm-hmm. That's what a mentor says. A mentor says it's going to be all right because every little thing begins and ends with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see that in the Bible. Mm-hmm. He spoke us into being. He catches us when we die. <laughs> and everything in between can be Jesus. So. Right. For the older woman, don't be afraid to ment- to be a spiritual mama. That's what I say. Spiritual okay. mama. Oh, I love that. So that's w- less intimidating than being a mentor. Yes. And all that means for me is be available. Okay. Like be willing. Let For me, the girls that I mentor, they have my cell number. They can text me. They're not texting me every day. We're not talking every day. We're not working through a Bible study. Mm -hmm. I'm just available to them the way I am available to my own girls. Mm -hmm. And when my girls are in crisis, I put everything down for them and I talk with them. But it's that kind of just organic, you know, go on a little road trip and, you know, go visit a winery or go to a wildflower center with someone and just spend time together. Mm -hmm. So if you want a mentor, I would say invite an older woman that you respect to go to lunch with you. Mm. Okay. Don't te- you know call her, or walk up to her, and say, "Will you mentor me?" Because that will freak them out most likely. <laughs> okay. That's a great place to start. Because I is. did walk up to someone and ask them to mentor me, and they're like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would be interested to know what the no is about. And sometimes exactly. the no is about like I don't have time, and I'm afraid I would be a disappointment to you. Yeah. Or there can be like not like the vibe that you feel like you'll be able to help someone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a real thing. But honestly, it's really about, you know, just invite someone to lunch or invite someone to go do something or just have a, a short conversation and then let that tumble into talking about deeper things, mm-hmm. you know, but it doesn't need to be some formal thing. It can be something more organic, like thinking of, I think of those girls who 
are in their 20s and early 30s as daughters because that's the age of my daughters, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I don't think I have all the answers, but I'll point you somewhere and you can bet I'm going to say get counseling if I can't handle <laughs> the questions you're right. throwing at me like yeah. or whatever. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Save the Storks. Save the Storks helps moms with an unplanned pregnancy, and that's my story. I was an unplanned pregnancy. My birth mom was 16 and faced an uphill battle, and a pregnancy resource center in her area helped her carry me all the way to fruition and then helped adopt me into my family. And Save the Storks helps pregnancy resource centers across the country with stork buses providing mobile ultrasound machines where four out of five moms choose life after seeing their baby on an ultrasound and hearing the heartbeat. Over 6,000 babies have been saved on stork buses. Please support Save the Storks with your prayers and visit savethestorks.com to become a monthly sponsor. Join the movement and help us revolutionize the meaning of pro-life. For more information, visit SaveTheStorks.com. Welcome back to Rebel Parenting. Did you miss us? That's great. We believe in third parties here. And part of being a mentor is a third party, allowing to listen to the people that have gone before you or your peers, even in that matter, because Kristen and I bounce things off each other all the time. I'm like, oh, that was a good idea. Oh, that w-. Mm-hmm. And not that it's the same as a mentor, but at least we're gleaning from each other's stories mm-hmm. and struggles of like what works, what doesn't work. Let yeah. me try something. It doesn't need to be as complicated as we make it. Yes. That's what I think. Yeah. Awesome. And, and I think we, we're very formulaic in the church, you know, and it's good. It was born out of a good thing, like Sunday school was born out of, understanding your Bible and we have small groups because we want connection, but it also can just happen organically because, you know, God is really orchestrating all of our appointments Mm -hmm. and all of our meetings. And if we kind of surrender to that and just think of mentoring as something a little more organic and natural that can breathe, I think it would help everybody be more available to it. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, I have multiple mentors in different areas So like one mentor has walked a very similar parenting road than I, as I have. And so I really glean from her as a mom who's had a difficult child or has really fought hard in prayer for her son. And then there's like the health mentor and then there's the The prayer mentor and now the book health help me write a book mentor and help me do a podcast mentor. And yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I think that's so good. So in one of the chapters, have y'all seen secret life of bees? Yes. Oh, okay. That book. First of all, the book itself like kills me. It's so beautiful. But then also the movie, I don't know if y'all seen the movie. Have you seen it? I've seen the movie. I don't know. Oh my gosh. But Inside of it, there's a quote that Sumant Kid says, one of the characters, the main character says, who lost her mother, okay? And then she ended up living at a house where these other women took care of her. She said, I have more mothers than any eight girls off the street. They are the moon shining over me. Mm-hmm. And it just gives me goosebumps. So I'm like, I want every girl to have eight mothers, yes. you know? Yeah. And the only reason yeah. you can have eight mothers is if some of them are spiritual mothers or surrogate mothers, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, but yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if we all had multiple mothers or mentors in our life that were helping us and we could 
tag team and that's wholeness, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think there's so much value in everyone's story. And I mean, you just kind of get that from different perspectives. And I have a great mother. It shows nothing against my mother. Mm-hmm. It's just more the fullness of it. And some people don't have a mother mm-hmm. tangibly here or the relationship is cut off. And this is such a good avenue to find somebody that can, can support you and offer wisdom. And I have a neat story because I yeah. lost my mom 14 years ago on Saturday. So I was searching for a mom for a long time. And I have Shirley, who's like the best. She's my mom number two. And mm-hmm. I get to call her my mom in love. And she's just fantastic. And so I got blessed with her. But then there was some stuff that I didn't feel comfortable talking with her about. Because I don't want to yeah. like say anything about Ryan or say anything about right. kids to my mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And I think that's having wisdom. <laughs> yes, but I amen. also... I had some lady, she just called me out of the blue that I knew from a long time ago and she lost her mom when she was pregnant and I lost my mom when I was pregnant. And so we always had that bond and she called and she's like, yeah, God just put me on your heart to come and help you with your children. And she's a school teacher and I homeschool. And she's like, I feel like I can help you in this next couple years. And she has, that's That's Debbie Gray. And she's just stepped up to the plate and become like a mom to help homeschool my children. And I've just been blessed by her. And oh, she's I, a great lady. Yeah, she's just awesome. And yeah. so I didn't even know that I needed it. I guess I, mm. that's the point of it. Like, I didn't know what I didn't need and or what I needed. Mm-hmm. And she just... And then God, like, I love that she was just, like, bold enough to go, hey, can I help you? Yeah. And she was like, oh, I've done this before. Maybe I can help. Exactly. <laughs> She homeschooled all her five children before me. And it was just such a breath of fresh air because I was at the point where, like, I didn't know what to do anymore. Yeah. Especially with my older son entering junior high. His his academics were becoming much more involved. (laughs) I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I need a degree in this. And she just stepped up to the plate. And so I'll be forever grateful for her. And now, like, we have this sweet, sweet relationship. Like, we send each other cards. And we don't say dear daughter to each other or things like that. But she, now I'm looking at it, she's been a spiritual mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what people are able to do sometimes when they look back at their life. They go, oh, there was that mom who was always available to me and who was like, she was just making sandwiches in the kitchen. But she was like there when I went through the breakup with a boyfriend or whatever. Or, oh, there was that woman when I was newly married who stepped in and was like, invited me over mm-hmm. and we had conversations and mm-hmm. you can see them kind of all over your life. Yeah. And it's so valuable. And it makes me want to be that woman yes. to other people. You know, yeah. like it makes me want, I've, out of the fullness of all the mothers who've spoken into my life, I want to be that kind of woman to other women who need mothers. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to that woman who's saying like, yeah, I want to be that? What are some characteristics or things yeah. that she might get involved in to help foster that desire? The older woman? Yeah. I think for sure being willing to like be the older woman and yeah. not feel like you have to like understand mm-hmm. like. You don't need to be hip and cool. You don't need to be wearing the feather earrings. No offense if you love the feather earrings, but it's, hey. oh, there we go. See? <laughs> How old are you? How old? She's young. I'm 38. Okay, yeah, so it's a 30-something. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. I don't, you don't care if I have the feather earrings, I do you? No. Really? No. 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 You're okay with 
with it. Yeah. Anyway, but be okay being older. Like, that's why I say I'm 55. Like, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Be okay yeah. being older. Realize that you don't have to be like an Instagram queen mm-hmm. to be able to speak into someone's life. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know all the things they know. And then, honestly, that whole point of wisdom, it's like knowing that the things you did wrong can be just as valuable in sharing as the things that you did right. Mm -hmm. I think that's powerful because sometimes I think that the older women don't make mistakes. Like, oh, they're 55 or they're 65. They're not making the same mistakes. Or maybe they don't look the same, but they got it all together. Yeah, Or like a pedestal. On a pedestal, right. Mm -hmm. And. I told my daughter actually was here last night with her husband. They spent the night because they came into Austin for a minute. And I told my girl, I told Emily when I left, I was like, oh, yeah, dad and I went to a marriage therapy on Monday. Because like, and she was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, we're just talking about some ministry stuff and our <laughs> marriage. But like, we all have problems in our marriage. Mm-hmm. All of us. Amen. We all have problems raising children. We all sometimes feel alone. We all struggle with our faith at times like we all have relationships that we wish were better than they are like we all have all these things and so I think it's just like for the older woman like it's you don't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. or the you know this role model feel like you have to be the certain role model you just have to be committed to like wholehearted like devotion to Jesus Mm -hmm. every single day when you wake up and pray that God puts like wisdom over your mouth so you don't say stupid stuff (laughs) that people right wholehearted devotion yeah i love it well and that's just what jesus did yeah like that i'm open wherever there's the need i will go you know i love that Mm -hmm. yeah so i think it's just like being okay not being okay being okay being a hot mess Mm -hmm. but realizing that you're folded into god for me it's having an older woman in my life Mm -hmm. because if if i'm going to be pouring out the younger women i need to make sure that the person sees my soul and like pinpoints me and shows me where I need to grow up. Mm -hmm. And so I have a spiritual director that I meet with Mm -hmm. monthly Mm -hmm. and I count on her to call me out Mm -hmm. and to know my heart Mm -hmm. with God. And, you know, so I think that's really important too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that is too. This has been so good. It inspires me to not only continue to cultivate those spiritual mentorship relationships, but also to pour into the next generation those that are younger mm-hmm. like the young moms the the real millennial age i'm not in the millennials i'm just going to say that but <laughs> <laughs> but like the women that are coming into mops now yeah. or you know young motherhood now i feel like what can hold me back is well they know everything they're good they don't really need anything from me so what do you say to somebody like that that's like, well, what do I have to offer if they don't have already, especially with millennials? Yeah, because they look like they have it all together. Yeah. But remember, I just said we're all a mess. Yeah. So we're all- <laughs> then there's that. Obviously, we have a problem. <laughs> it's all OK. So I think it's about this is something I remember about 15 years ago, I started teaching theater arts at this Christian school. And. I never had a degree in theater. I didn't know what I was doing. And I'll never forget what the woman said to me because I was teaching first graders and then they asked me to teach second graders and third graders. She goes, Susie, you just have to be a step ahead. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. And I was like, oh, a step ahead of seven-year-olds? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't. Seven-year-olds. Like, I'm a step ahead. I'm good. And I 
that's the truth. Like, if you're older than someone, you're a step ahead. Mm-hmm. You have a couple years more wisdom. You have a couple more years more experience. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just remembering that it doesn't take like a degree in theology or anything like that. It's just being a couple steps ahead, mm-hmm. totally yielded to Jesus, and yielded to that person's best. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that one thing I'll say too is. The girls I mentor, I'm not trying to be best friends with them. Right. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. That's not my role. I don't feel the desire to like be best buddies with them. I have friends I go to dinner with and happy hour with. Mm-hmm. But these women, my whole goal is to be there to help them see their best with God, yeah. their best with their family, their best with their kids. Mm-hmm. That means that there's a certain kind of decorum yes. or a boundary, and I'm not going to cross over that boundary because then that makes me not a spiritual mom yeah not effective mm-hmm. yeah i love that distinction mm-hmm. yeah thank mm-hmm. you that's good that's perfect i'm feeling a little brave <laughs> i know me too i'm like uh-oh am i supposed to become a mom's mentor now uh-oh because i i got eight years on her right i think yeah let's yeah. do it we met at mops that's why we keep talking about mops uh, yeah so. Love that. Yeah. Well, and they have a formula there that has mentoring in the program. Mm -hmm. And so it's a real good, tangible place to find a mentor or to be mentored. Yes. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Well, one last thing before we go. I would like you to touch on what would be the heart of the mentee? Like, what kind of attitude should they have if they're like, hey, I want to be mentored? What would be support them? I think that if you want to be mentored, and, or you want to be a dear daughter, watch out for a little chaos. Like expect mm. a little chaos. Yeah. Mm. You don't meet with someone older who's helping you walk through life without, without expecting a little chaos. You know, what we're after is like, we want that one beautiful life Susie talked about at the beginning. Like, how do I get that? I want that. I want to love my body. I want to, mm. well, it's kind of paved with a little bit of chaos on the way, mm. but we're doing those, you know, having, and for me, it's having those honest conversations. It's about, answering the questions mm-hmm. that your spiritual mom is asking like and they might be hard questions mm-hmm. to answer but like answering them honestly or at least thinking about them and praying about them and doing the hard work mm-hmm. that it might take to grow to the next step yeah hmm. perfect all right well, ladies listening i hope you're ready to be mentored do it be brave you. be brave go for it yes and check out Susie's book here dear daughters the dear daughters Again, yeah, it is yeah. the nicest book. I love y'all. <laughs> I want y'all get to Austin. Well, don't come now because it's so humid. But when you get to Austin, come sit at my table oh. and we'll, or we'll sit on the back patio and would love have that. a piece of pie and some coffee. Oh, but I would love lovely. to know y'all in real life. Would that be fun? That would be tons y'all of fun. Swing by on my way to, to Estes Park. I'll swing there you through your town. It's a deal. <laughs> deal. <laughs> We'd uh, love that. Thank you for being on our show today. We really appreciate you. Yes, and bless absolutely. your ministry. Well, having me, I appreciate it so much. All right. Y'all are just- Have a good day. <laughs>Thanks for listening, Rebels. We love and appreciate you. Thanks for sharing this with your friends and family. If you know someone that needs this podcast, share it with them, and we would all be appreciative of that. God bless you all. Thanks to the voice of the martyrs, helping those being persecuted around our globe for more than 50 years. Persecution.com is the website for the voice of the martyrs. God bless, Rebels. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.
Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House. And when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting, and everyone does, you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word REBEL to 444-999. That's R-E-B-E-L, and the number is 444-999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting. Rebel Parenting.